Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 28 of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead. Going on through the answers Brother Mead is offering uh, for the question, how shall I come to know whether I'm almost a Christian? Answer five, he who is altogether a Christian has a correspondence within to the law without. There is a similarity between the word of God and the will of a Christian. His heart is, as it were, the transcript of the law. The same holiness that is commanded in his word is implanted in the heart, the same conformity to Christ that is enjoined by the word of God is wrought in the soul by the spirit of God. The same obedience which the word requires of him, the Lord enables him to perform by his grace bestowed on him. This is that which is promised in the new covenant I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. Now, writing his law in us is nothing else but his working that grace and holiness in us, which the law commands and requires of us. In the old covenant administration, God wrote his laws only upon tables of stone, but not upon the heart. And therefore, though God wrote them, yet they broke them. But in the new covenant administration, God provides new tables. Not tables of stone, but the fleshy tables of the heart. And writes his laws there, that there might be a law within, answerable to the law without. And this, every true Christian has, so that he may say in his measure, as our Lord Christ did. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Thy law is within my heart. Every believer has a light within him, not guiding him to despise and slight, but to prize and walk by the light without him. For the word commands him to walk in the light, and the light directs him to walk according to the word. Moreover, from this impression of the law upon the heart, obedience and conformity to God becomes the choice and delight of the soul. For holiness is the very nature of the new creature, so that if there were no scripture, no Bible to guide him, yet he would be holy, for he has received grace for grace. There is a grace within to answer to the word of grace without. Now, the almost Christian is a stranger to this law of God within. He may have some conformity to the word in outward conversation, but he cannot have this answerableness to the word in inward constitution. 
Answer six. The altogether Christian is much in duty and yet much above duty, much in duty in regard of performance, much above duty in regard of dependence, much in duty by obeying, but much above duty by believing. He lives in his obedience, not upon his obedience, rather upon Christ and his righteousness. The almost Christian fails in this. He is much in duty, but not above it. Rather, he rests in it. He works for rest, and he rests in his works. He cannot come to believe and obey, too. If he believes, then he thinks there is no need of obedience, and so casts off that. If he is much in obedience, then... He casts off believing and thinks there is no need of that. He cannot say with David, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. The more a man is in duty and the more above it, the more in doing and the more in believing, the more a Christian. Answer seven. He who is altogether a Christian is universal in his obedience. He does not obey one command and neglect another, do one duty and cast off another, for he has respect to all the commands. He endeavors to leave every sin and love every duty. The almost Christian fails in this. His obedience is partial and piecemeal. If he obeys one command, he breaks another. The duties that least cross his lust, he is much in, but those that do, he lays aside. The Pharisees fasted, prayed, paid tithes, etc., but they did not lay aside their covetousness or their oppression. They devoured widows' houses. They were unnatural to parents. Answer 8. This altogether Christian makes God's glory the chief end of all his performances. If he prays, hears, gives, fasts, repents, or obeys, etc., God's glory is the main end of all. It is true, he may have something else at the hither end of his work, but God is at the further end. As Moses' rod swallowed up the magician's rods, so God's glory is the ultimate end that swallows up all his other ends. Now the almost Christian fails in this. His ends are corrupt and selfish. God may possibly be at the one end of his work, but self is at the other end, for he who was never truly cast out of himself can have no higher end than himself. Now, then, examine yourself by these characters. Put the question to your own soul. Do you close with Christ upon gospel terms. Is grace in the heart 
the principle of your performances. Do you look to the manner as well as the matter of your duties? Do you do all in sincerity? Is there an answerableness within to the law without? Are you much above duty when much in duty? Is your obedience universal? Lastly, is God's glory the end of all? If so, then you are not only almost, but altogether a Christian. Use of caution. Oh, take heed of being almost and yet but almost a Christian. It is a great complaint of God against Ephraim that he is a cake not turned, that is, half-baked, neither raw nor roasted, neither cold nor hot, as Laodicea, because thou art neither cold nor hot, therefore I will spew thee out of my mouth. This is a condition that, of all others, is greatly unprofitable, exceedingly uncomfortable, and desperately dangerous. It is greatly unprofitable to be but almost a Christian, for failing in any one point will ruin us as surely as if we had never made any attempts for heaven. It is no advantage to the soul to be almost converted, for the little that we lack spoils the good of all our attainments, we say, as good never a wit as never the near. There is no profit in leaving this or that sin unless we leave all sin. Herod heard John gladly and did many things, but he kept his Herodias, and that ruined him. Judas did many things, prayed much, preached much, professed much, but his covetousness spoiled all. One sin ruined the young man who had kept all the commands but one. Thus, he who offends in one point is guilty of all. That is, he who lives willfully and allowedly in any one sin brings the guilt of the violation of the whole law of God upon his soul, and that upon a twofold account. Number one, because he manifests the same contempt of the authority of God in the willful breach of one as of all. Number two, by allowing himself in the breach of any one command, he shows he kept none in obedience and conscience to God. For he who hates sin as sin hates all sin. And he who obeys the command as the express will of God obeys every command. And for this cause, the least sin, willfully and with allowance, lived in, spoils the good of all our obedience and lays the soul under the whole wrath of God. One leak in a ship will sink her, though she is tight every way else. 
Gideon had 70 sons and but one bastard, and yet that one bastard destroyed all his sons. So may one sin spoil all our services. One lust beloved may spoil all our profession, as that one bastard slew all the sons of Gideon. This concludes episode 28 of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead.